Carl, uh, can we get somebody else to do this? And the fumes in that place. Jack. It's an important job. I need someone I can trust. You are my number one guy. Now, don't forget your lucky deck. <laughs> my friend, your luck is about to change. Get me Lieutenant Eckhart. Welcome to the Grand Gesture, where we should be covering the three-act structure of a romantic comedy, but oftentimes fall back into the trap of talking about our childhood favorite, Batman, the 1989 version. On those episodes, we look at about a minute and a half of a scene from Tim Burton's Batman to inspire a theme from a subsequent blockbuster to challenge the might that is Michael Keaton as Batman. This episode's theme is on the luck that we make, and I could probably drop any number of clips of Jeff Goldblum talking about chaos theory or magic or whatever the hell from Steven Spielberg's classic Jurassic Park. But as you'll find on this episode, apparently it was only a classic for one of your hosts. All right, now let me just turn on my um, Sauce Star Garage Band over here. And we should be gravy. So when you say start garage band, you mean to start start sorry. No, no, just, just, <laughs> just hitting record. Uh, I actually was running into uh, some port issues myself because I'm on Mac Mini. It has mm-hmm. two old ones and then two of the new, like Thunderbolt or whatever. Um, right. And I need one. <laughs> Uh, USB to lightning for the camo because I don't have a webcam because it's just a Mac mini. It's just a little hard drive. Right. Uh, and then one for my microphone. So I'm always like perpetually like one plug short of like what I need because I have like a hard drive, uh, which we'll get into later, uh, for one of these movies that mm. <laughs> I was like, well, it's time to fall off a truck, pick it up, put it on the hard drive, that sort of thing. Um, and it's this juggle. Like my uh, old iMac is so, so slow. I know you feel the pain. That yeah. when I open it up to change anything other than what it had been doing for the past week, which normally is just uh, a torrent storage space <laughs> where I'm just clicking on various folders. If I ask it to do anything else, like I tried to open up a uh, Google Drive on Chrome just to drop something in to transfer, so I wouldn't have to do this port issue. 
that apparently was going to take hours to just get. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, fuck it then. I guess I'll just unplug <laughs> stuff, move the hard drive over, which took you know five minutes to get the file I needed. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm so angry. I'm like, fuck it then. I'll just buy another MacBook. I just. <laughs> <laughs> you take you had been the one that that had uh, kind of sent me the compare models screenshot mm-hmm. of the different Macs, and you're like, uh, you're like, are you gonna get the one with the you know the whatever USB port it's called at this point? And I was like, oh yeah, fucking course. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, why am I paying two hundred extra dollars for a different fucking port and like one other. One other thing, I was like, no, fuck that. And it didn't matter until this morning. <laughs> and I'm actually glad that I was up early because I was like, I'm not shit talking my thinking I'm going to be fucking asleep. Let me get up here at 830. I, had, uh, I, I, didn't, I had my doubts about you until I woke up to a Facebook message this morning <laughs> that you sent in the wee hours uh, about another movie. But we're, we're talking about Jurassic Park today, which I, I wonder if you did you even rewatch this? No, I did because it was only the second time that I can actually recall watching it in its entirety. And maybe the first time since 20, not 2016, since 1996. That's what I meant to say. So the first time probably since I was a kid. Is this going to be a white and black thing here? Because <laughs> because to me, Jurassic Park, uh, and maybe it's where I'm a few years older. Because when this came out, yeah. I was 10. And I saw it at our local drive-in. I saw it at the movie theater multiple times. I loved getting to see what I thought to be real dinosaurs on screen. They, they weren't claymation. Uh, mm. There was no puppetry. I thought this was kind of what we talked about when we had the Terminator 2 discussion where it's like, oh, this is like real visual effects. This isn't something right. that's kind of quaint, a little cheesy, but fun, hokey, uh, the sort of hucksterism of movies, especially coming off the 80s. Uh, Jurassic Park, for me, is one of those childhood staples. So the last time, I guess last week, when we were saying, all right, what are we talking about uh, when we record next Sunday morning, Jurassic Park, I'd, I'll just admit, I didn't rewatch it this week. Now, I did watch it a few months ago. Uh, I kind of got... Trigger happy, I guess. Where I'm like, Jurassic Park's coming up in two months. I got, I'm going to watch it now. <laughs> so I didn't double down, but I have seen this one. I probably probably watch it once every couple of years now. My adult, adulthood. When I was a kid, even a teenager, it was probably twice a year that I watched this. Hmm. I'm just going to put this down to uh, the a race thing. A race thing. It has, yeah. to, be, it has to be a race thing. Blacks don't like dinosaurs historically mike that's what it is you could say that and now since i'm on you know this is a recorded medium here that's going out on the internet i wouldn't refute you because i'm like i don't know those waters so i'm not gonna (laughs) i better tread lightly (laughs) they really might be pretty apprehensive around the dinosaurs it is it's not well you, you did mention an age thing that actually might have more relevancy than you know because in 1993 i'm five and um my parents were a little bit different a little bit old school about a lot of things where you were like going to see like movies a lot even as a youngster I, um i never saw a film in the theater till i was 12 and so because my parents didn't take me um and then when we rented films uh they my dad rented uh, jurassic park maybe around like 95 something like that and i wasn't allowed to watch it because it was deemed uh, too scary for the six-year-old. 
So they so they refused to let me see it. It was about a year or so later um, when uh, maybe two years later, even when we rented um, Titanic that had just come out and Jurassic Park. And I got to watch Titanic all the way through, all the way through. Um, and they're so apprehensive about letting me watch Jurassic Park. Yeah. And so Titanic's the, not traumatic at all. The, the yeah, there's nothing <laughs> crossing lines for children at all. Um, but, and so, yeah, for, in that regard, uh, so something that was like for a 10 year old, which again, would be awesome to have gotten to have seen and watched it a hundred thousand times in the theater. So you're seeing it in the scope of a dinosaur on screen. I'm watching it on a, you know, a 19 inch, um, mm. and they're shielding my eyes halfway through. So a little bit different way. experience. Yeah. You're right. Um, I'm pretty sure my first experience, we, you know, we grew up in the same hometown, um, was at our local drive-in, which I look back on and I think that was a big contribution to my love of movies because it was like five minutes away to at least have new releases, new material. Was it in the best picture quality? No. Although at the time as a kid, I don't remember being part of the AV club where as long as it was a new movie and it was right. on a giant screen, I didn't really care. I do distinctly remember with Jurassic Park, this helps the mood of it, but the first I get, T-Rex sequence, like the sort of Jaws moment where Spielberg finally reveals uh, the, the T-Rex after you know they, the kids and they're trying to do the song and dance and the dinosaur won't come out, but it's raining. And then the you know, mm. uh, Newman from Seinfeld shuts <laughs> off the power and Samuel L. Jackson is desperately trying to fix things. Not the best security system at Jurassic Park where w- one man can just troll and be like well you're fucked now because i hit this keystroke that's the one question that uh because i watched it with uh, my wife and she was like this is really interesting they only have like two people on staff <laughs> like there's there, there are more people there are more like maintenance individuals at walmart there are more people to fix the ice cream machine at mcdonald's it's never fixed how much money two people is being thrown at this to bring dinosaurs exactly. back to life i assume there's a lot of venture capital uh in the game here but when that goes down, uh, you know, we just we forgive uh, Stevie Spielberg and company because the dinosaurs finally get to come out and play. Uh, it started raining at the drive-in at my first experience. Mm. They were getting ready to call it. They were getting ready to be like, well, you know, you can't really make out the screen or whatever. And so I guess, you know, maybe we refund people's money. And you can imagine me as a child, I was infuriated. But it also imagine you standing on top of a car saying, <laughs> no, you will not. But it also added to the uh, aesthetic because it was right mm. at, during the rain sequence where the T-Rex is about to come out and demolish everything and scare the kids. And I thought it was so cool. Would have been cool for the entirety of the runtime? Probably not. <laughs> but I was not about to have the Tyrannosaurus Rex taken away from me right as he was about to be revealed. It would be like watching, I watched Jaws for the first time on television. So there's one I'm definitely aged out of because uh seventies were way before my time. It would be as if my dad said, all right, time to go to bed. As soon as the shark was about to be revealed, <laughs> I would be pissed. So well, see, that's basically what they did with me. Something that could have been enjoyed mm-hmm. uh, as a child. And it was like shielded from me. And instead of it doing the, the, the service of like it being uh, something I wanted to seek out even more. By the time I, I think that I saw it, I was a little, I don't know if I was underwhelmed as a kid. I, I, I don't know, but it's not a film that really ever stuck with me. Um, and you're right. Like there, I am grossly in the minority in that department. And I know that to be true 
because everyone loves Jurassic Park, right? Like I'm, you would think even with uh, kind of where I tend to lean with science fiction and, and horror and sometimes that overlap that I would have seen, uh, you know, Lost World, all the rest. I, I haven't. Like I've only seen the original. I haven't even seen the sequels. And so uh, even on rewatch, I was reminded of things that did stick with me f- from my first watch. Um, I want to hear this. I want to hear what, yeah, what, what did I young know, Derek right? uh, focus um, on? Jeff Goldblum being awesome. Even as a kid, I remember thinking, and I, t- I told my wife this, and maybe this is a white or black thing. I was on the fence about whether or not he was the black character in the film, because I couldn't make out what his hair was like. <laughs> he, he always seemed like the one that was like wearing all black and he may have had a Jerry Crow. I couldn't actually tell. He was real smooth. He was like the Billy D. Williams. Uh, you, to me, like, you like a man who unbuttons his shirt. Like all the way down, and in this film, well, I mean, he does unnecessary. He does get rewatch. attacked, but I'm trying to remember if he's like, does he have a wound anywhere on his back or like stomach or chest? I don't think so. I think he just wants so. to expose everything as he's you know, recovering and show Laura Dern what she's missing out on dating that absolute dork Sam. Why didn't they flesh that romance out more on rewatch? That's what bothers me. Not with Sam. He's boring. Are you saying the, the possibility of a love triangle, the competition mm. aspect? Mm-hmm. Laura Dern plays it, I guess, like you would want if Laura Dern was your significant other to play it, where she finds Jeff Goldblum amusing, but almost <laughs> completely ignores his advances. Uh, now, granted, she is getting to see, she's made her life's work digging up dinosaur bones. And when she can see them in the flesh walking in front of her, Maybe Jeff Goldblum, you know, the will they or won't they is far down the list because we've got yeah. other priorities here. Uh, certainly Sam Neill, I think, takes more notice of it in those scenes where he's like, this motherfucker, like, uh, it's like rubbing her like palm with his fingertips and explaining. He didn't say chaos anything here. about it, though. Yeah. He didn't handle a business like he could have. He just sit there silently to the point that and it was maybe maybe I had missed like something in the beginning of the film where even I was wondering like, Oh, is that, is that his girl? Like, are they a thing? <laughs> so why is he so upset about this? Like why? Do you he think just he, he was somewhere. just like a mentor and she's the mentee like in this, uh, I thought he was like a simp as the kids say, <laughs> like I just thought, I just thought he was like, yeah, th- yeah, she belongs to me, even though she really didn't. And so I was like, Jeff, go get her. Like it's free. Yeah, I mean, it's free, not free. I don't mean free, but it's, single there we go <laughs> <laughs> i'll just uh throw out there i asked my wife because the uh goldblum uh with a shirt unbuttoned like you know stretched out laying there with mm. a sort of come hither look uh, i believe there was a funko pop made of that that particular pose for that character so it became like you know it's an internet meme of sorts and when that happened i asked my wife i'm like so what do you think about jeff goldblum and she was like <sighs> Ugh. So, so what? what she nothing for him i don't i'm gonna blame because <sighs> i don't know if jurassic park was that big for her either but uh i'm gonna blame the big chill because he is really abrasive and he's like really he's he's actually not smooth he's the desperate one in the big chill yes because every, everyone's fucking each other and he's like hey what about me and they're like eh no, no, but like he's, he's I have the to last come round. to his defense. I, yes, he's I the get defense. This. He's the kicker in the fancy draft of sexual relationships in the big show. Well, for a time, but if you, and, and here's what I, I had to think about this because this is very similar to an episode that, um, 
you all know him as Darn That Dave, and I recorded recently in a discussion of Sex Lives and Videotape, and I was really pissed that it was another movie that I had to watch with James Spader being just like, just like praised as being a sex god as he was in like the late eighties, early nineties. I just couldn't figure it out for the life of me like that and Wolf and all cut, not Wolf, but he just has that same aura, like in everything he was doing around that time. I think he gets pissed on a Wolf, which I really greatly appreciated. Do you remember that scene in the urinal? Jack Nicholson. I don't make notes because they don't do it for me. (laughs) He's starting to grow fur out the side of his face and to mark his territory. He literally pisses on Spader's shoes. I loved it. Cause I'm, I'm, Oh, okay. No, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. no. Yeah, the territory pee. Yeah. See, that makes it ring true. It wasn't, well, I, don't, I was about to say it wasn't sexual in nature, but maybe. I, I don't know. Well, that, I, went, I mean, I went to bat for him in this, in Wolf being the other, you know, sexy film he was in, just completely destroying my, my whole point. But it's very similar <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> being pissed on. Some people like that. Because when you think about Jeff Goldblum, posts like, you know, like Big Chill and I can't remember if he's in Peggy Sue Got Married or not, but it seems like another film that he was like a side character in something. Anyway, like from like The Fly on, he kind of had this thing, right? Like he's similar to that in The Fly. He exudes some weird, you know, sexual energy, right? He's like shirtless a lot in that film until things start to go like, you know, off the tracks. It's the same thing for, for this film for me, right? Like he's like not a classically good looking guy who deserves our admiration and respect should have been the main character should have been more about the love story. Why are dinosaurs in this movie? I don't know. Explain right. it to me. Uh, okay. Um, I can <laughs> certainly say as a child, I was not demanding more, uh, will they or won't they of Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum. I, I definitely wanted the dinosaurs. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you had this similar problem as a kid. I didn't like movies where children were present. And I know that was like a big in for kids movies where you were meant to be like, I'm just like uh, the young precocious kid that knows all about dinosaurs. Or in this case, his older sister, not so much, but she's into computers or whatever. She's um, the opposite of the normal, I guess, tomboy trope. She's Mm. the one that wants to stay inside. And uh, I didn't like either one of them. I when I was a kid, I just wanted to see adults on screen, and that's who I'd want to aspire to be, not who I currently was, I guess, age appropriate for. It surprises me though that your parents—that seems like a big clue in the marketing—to like you can bring the kids this one. If there's a kid in the film, it can't be too scary. Uh, although, right. what they go through certainly would be <laughs> traumatizing. I don't know how it would affect their adult lives uh, to almost being eaten and uh, harassed mm-hmm. by velociraptors uh, many a time. But that was my biggest issue was the damn kids. Um, and I, I actually think I felt for Sam Neil more here because even as a child, I was like him. I'm like, can I just please get in a Jeep by myself? Why do I have to be stuck with them listening to their inane questions about dinosaurs? So we often discuss the idea that people, yeah, especially for men, like we have a hard time just really changing or adapting or growing as we age. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you, uh, at, at your current age, is basically the same as Fully you were at the age of 10. Mm-hmm. I, like sitting there like, I fucking hate kids. I fucking hate <laughs> kids. And you go to school and you're like, I hate you and I hate you and I hope to never see you doing anything with your life. All of you suck. You go watch Jurassic Park and you're the kid standing on top of the car yelling in the rain. <laughs> Right, like turn the movie off. I have to see another one of those bloody fucking kids, like not get eaten by the dinosaur. So you're consistent, at least in that regard. This is the kid hater of the year. But you know, it's 
here's the funny thing because you really did lead with like i don't know if this is a white or black thing as it pertains to this movie the one thing i was saying while we were watching it is i looked at my wife and i was like could you imagine if this had been like recast with like an all like all black cast because it would have ended in the beginning when they'd said you like no don't open up jurassic park don't go in there you should have never went in there there are dinosaurs in there like just because i kept thinking wait why are there kids here at this like experimental park with mm. velociraptors and t-rexes and things of that nature like if i were a loving parent i'm just gonna be like yeah no you can't go you can watch it on tv that's an interesting point uh i guess i had not really considered um you're right i think that especially when uh and unfortunately i guess for most of uh, cinema's history if uh, there's a black uh, person on film then they usually are a secondary or supporting character even here samuel jackson uh even though he's doing everything right he's attempting <laughs> to get things back on track uh yeah inevitably he will be used as a prop later i think it's his arm uh that will scare uh, laura dern when we realize we don't even get samuel jackson with an on-screen death it's <laughs> off screen uh, and then is used as like a, a big jump go. scare um <clears throat> but Usually in these type of movies where you're going for the the literal theme park here, but it's a theme park ride movie where you just want to see crazy shit happen and events you would right. never want to live through, but you definitely want things to get going. You want the ball to start rolling in the movies, uh, the black characters, or usually it's like the homestead. It's like the nagging wife or girlfriend. It's like, you really shouldn't be doing this. In films, those are the characters that get on your fucking nerves. You're like, God damn it, I paid to see the dinosaurs. Now, you're right, absolutely right. In real life, those are the people you want around. But in movies, they're the ones there to stop the shenanigans and stop the fun. And It would be you and me. Like Both yeah. of us would be the ones in the corner in real life. Like, I ain't fucking going in there. You got your mind. Let me ask you this. If they, let's say they actually did this for real. Would yeah. you ever entertain the notion of going to said park? Not even for a nope. second, man. Me either. Not even. Nope. No, I would watch YouTube I'd videos a, and I'd be like, "Well, that's cool." Yeah, <laughs> keep I mean, them away from me. There are crazy things that that people do that I can watch a video of and be like, "Wow, that's outstanding." You went, you know, like on a tightrope in the middle of New York City. I ain't doing that shit, but you can do it. And I can think you are spectacular. Also, a spectacular idiot. Well, like I just wouldn't. I don't realize like skydiving. That. When I was younger, I thought the idea would be cool, mostly just so I could say that I did it. And now as an adult, I'm like, absolutely not. There's no way. I don't see the upside because I feel like if I did it, while it's happening, all I would want for it is to be over. over. So I can be on the Mm -hmm. ground again. And yes, to look back and like you and say, I did that. But the only upside to it is surviving through it. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. I want to put myself through that situation where that's the the upside is I survived. I, I you know, call me a pussy if you want, but I just don't I don't get it. And I, I mean people do it and it's almost normalized in a way where uh bungee jumping or anything of that nature that used to be I guess considered extreme when I was a kid, I will I will see people now like on my social media and I'll think I I would never have guessed that they would do something like that. Just totally mm-hmm. vanilla boring people. Apparently they're more extreme than me. Just crushing. I went ziplining in Jamaica, constantly. and I thought that was crazy. <laughs> I was, was like, a, "Oh no, I'm upside down." Thing? Yep, mm-hmm. and a one and done marriage and the ziplining. <laughs> Never again. I guess one of them could be considered romantic. You're like, we're in this. There we go for life. I mean, just in case your tone didn't sound that romantic. It's like 
I've survived this, so never going through it again. Live to tell the tale. It's like Sam and Laura. They got through. Do you feel like the uh, Sam's character of Grant, Dr. Grant, being stuck with the kids, is that him uh, paying his penance? Because uh, there's this weird thing where her character of Ellie knows he doesn't like being around kids mm-hmm. and enjoys seeing him have to like put up with it. And then his expertise comes into play as far as his knowledge of dinosaurs contributes to their survival. Aren't they lovely? Aren't they glorious? These will be your transports for the afternoon. No drivers. No, 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 no drivers. But they're electric. They run on this uh, track in the middle of the roadway here. Totally non-polluting. Top of the line. Spared no expense. It's an interactive CD-ROM! Look, see, you just touch the right part of the screen and it talks about whatever you want. Lex, darling, you're all right in there. Dr. Sattler, come with me. Dr. Grant, come in the second car. I'm going to ride with uh, Dr. Sattler. Well, it's it's great. Do you really think the dinosaurs turned into birds? And that's where they all went? Well, a few species may have evolved along those lines. They sure don't look like birds to me. I heard that there was this um, meteor um, hit the Earth someplace down in Mexico and made this big crater. Listen, uh... Tim. Tim, which car were you planning on? Whichever one you are. Then I heard about this thing in Omni, about this um, meteor making all this heat, and it made a bunch of diamond dust, and that changed the weather, and they died because of the weather. And then my teacher told me about this other book by a guy named Backer, and he... She said I should ride with you because it would be good for you. But <laughs> I've always thought that's a little bit unfair to these characters. Not only do you have to be chased around by dinosaurs, but we're going to give you two things you hate as well. Not only are you fighting for your life, but you have to do it with two little annoying kids with you, getting themselves uh, <laughs> electrocuted, uh, having a Jeep fall on top of them. Like the <laughs> The degree of difficulty for him compared to the rest of them playing around with computers trying to get the power on for a long stretch, he's really getting the short end of the stick. I'm saying that with Jeff Goldblum being the only one who's, I guess, uh, makes contact with the dinosaurs, but that's also his own right. fault for playing hero ball there with a, a flare trying to get the T-Rex to chase him. <laughs> I don't know how he thought he was going to outrun a T-Rex. But... Had a, he had a one dumbass moment. Everyone gets Laura one Dern wasn't even around. What was what was? Is, does that make his uh, action more noble or more idiotic? I'd probably go the idiotic route. Although if he were Maybe to pass both. away, Sam goes back and says, you know, Jeff died. Yeah, Cause I don't even remember his character's name. So Jeff died. I'll we'll say that Malcolm see black. I told you um, <laughs> so he says, Malcolm, God, Malcolm Jamal Jenkins died running from the dinosaur. And so Laura is just like, well, what did you do, Sam? Doctor. What's his name? Grant. What I did, did what do? you're supposed to do. Stand still and don't make a sound. I'm the coward that ran away (laughs) to tell you the tale of the hero. What would Twitter do if Jeff Goldblum's character was 
Doctor Doctor Malcolm. What'd you Jamal say, Jenkins. Jamal Jenkins? Um, I don't think they would have fun with it, or as much fun as you we're know, having with it. It's almost like the way they played uh, Sam Neill's character, uh, Doctor Grant, with the kids. Uh, it's a, it's like a buddy cop movie, right? In some way, like the the serious character who knows their field, uh, but they're just kind of stuck with like the the funny bumbling character on the side. That's he's stuck with. the the kids right but it's also a play on the kind of like the parent having to take their kids to these type of things historically and being annoyed like oh, i don't want to go see another fucking you know beauty and the beast or or little mermaid or whatever you know was coming out around that time period within that you know three or four year span um but then they end up enjoying it because they're sitting through it and now they're invested it, it's kind of like that for him right like he's like i don't want to be stuck with these kids but now i care about having to save their lives and so i would imagine if i were that parent because i don't like kid movies that much at all but i could also see me like uh, taking my son skylar to a movie in like a year or i guess now he's old enough to go and you know grumbling through the first 20 minutes only to find myself like having an investment of whatever the stupid ass minion is doing. Mm. Right. Like that's, that's Dr. Grant, right. That's probably how parents, some parents identified when they went to, to watch this with young Mike, who was outside in the rain. So I'll, I'll give Spielberg a little credit. Um, I'm, I think my parents probably enjoyed this one more. Cause there's, you know, it, it's, it still works for me as an adult. I don't think it's total nostalgia on my part uh, that I enjoy it so much. Like there are, a number of set pieces that I, I really enjoy. Not not so much the one where Newman, the mail carrier and saboteur here, uh, gets taken down by the spitting dinosaur. That one maybe played like gangbusters when he's a kid. But mm-hmm. now I'm like, all right, let's 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 move on. The Raptors. What do you not enjoy about that that scene now? Um, it's the. Okay, so we have to to buy into the fact that he knows what he's doing is incredibly dangerous. And, I mean, callous, Mm. obviously, because he's turning off all security systems that that keep these creatures contained. And so now they're going to have access to any of the the people on the island, which, as you said, it's not like there's a ton of them. I think the film, this is probably just to to put the, I guess, families at ease, that there's just not like maintenance men all over the island they're just being eaten <laughs> left and right because i feel like the being they're like a storm's coming this is like a you know let's get everybody that's not essential off the island and we're just gonna keep a small group of like 10 here just to to do this like sort right. of um uh what would they call what would they call it um it's you know the pre-opening night run through i guess um but he first off he doesn't give himself much time to 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 make this you know uh sabotage it's gonna be very financially lucrative for him uh doesn't seem to account for weather which they're on a tropical island isolated and he's got to make the last ship out uh and then when you know like most characters movies when they're driving doesn't watch the road crashes runs into a dinosaur he doesn't seem to be someone that paid too much attention to what each individual individual creature did. Mm. So it's like, yeah. oh, this one's relatively small, not dangerous. Well, I mean, my dog is only 50 pounds and is not tall. But if I came up on him and he wasn't my dog, 
I wouldn't necessarily just be smarting off to him, picking up a stick, and we go fetch it, idiot, and I get on my <laughs> face. Like, and we're talking about a dinosaur here, like especially if you worked at a dog park, right? Right, <laughs> and you know you certain know. ones like are 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 man eaters. Mm. He's now granted Newman's a big old boy and everything, but he doesn't seem incredibly agile. He's fighting up through the mud hill uh, to climb up back to his jeep, and I think it's throwing candy bars at this. This creature that has very sharp fangs. Like I said, when I was a kid, I think I just want to see as many different dinosaurs as possible. As an adult, it's like, just give me the meat and potatoes. Give me the T-Rex and give me the raptors. Those are those are the ones I want to see. Everything else. I don't else. care about your stegosaurus, triceratops. Oh, the, wh- the which one is it? Them. The triceratops? It's got the, uh, the bowel movement issues or whatever. Yeah. Digestive. Eh, not for me. Don't care. It's a scene that su- uh, it's a scene that stuck with me. I will say that, and the like you said, the Newman car scene. So your issue with it wasn't necessarily like the visual of seeing whatever comes out the side of the dinosaur's like neck, mm-hmm. and like I thought that was horrifying as a kid, and mm-hmm. to, even to the point that on rewatch last night, I immediately was like, oh yeah, I remember this scene right from like the like a logistics perspective yes everything he does leading up to that point to get to that very spot is really not well thought out it would be hard stupid to purposely create that situation where it's like this is how i want to die from this particular time like to yeah get the jeep off the off the road into whatever little uh, area where the spitting dinosaur lives and then have this interaction with it where you attempt to play fetch, trip, fall, climb up the mud, and then somehow <laughs> that little thing skulks around to the passenger side and it's already, <laughs> already in the Jeep. See, I always assumed it was just another one that had gotten mm-hmm. in at the same time. Um, but you're right. It's it's one of those things. There's a lot, there are, there are a lot of leaps that have to kind of occur for you to fall into that sort of trap. Then, it, I mean, then again most people maybe that have horrific deaths are probably thinking, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> maybe not with dinosaurs, of course, but it's probably like everything in my life had to go wrong for this very moment, you know, for me yeah, to be on this that's, one that's train. A, that's a dark path to go down. Cause you know, most of the time when you hear about some freak accident, um, I'm excluding, I guess, car accidents. Like anytime I'm on social media and I see someone relatively young, uh, has passed away. Suddenly my mind yeah. goes to car accident. Uh, and yeah, you could really, especially if you're close to this person, a family member, <clears throat> you could really like wreck your brain by thinking mm. all, all the what ifs, if they had not sure. done this one thing. Newman from Seinfeld does not get the excuse because <laughs> he decided to purposely shut down all security measures on an Island where you have creatures that weigh tons, uh, that are back and they're, they're ready for ready for action. They're ready for playoff basketball here. The Raptors, they spent for scene one. I think that as a kid might have confused me because uh, obviously I was young enough where I wasn't like privy to like, and it's a different time period, like trailers where now I think if kids were excited about the latest Marvel movie, they're probably apt enough to be able to find new information, whenever it's officially released as far as the new black widow movie, whatever they can follow along with the teasers, the trailers and all the associated right. press. All I knew then was like probably the poster It was very Batman like, you know, which is that for this mm. show where it's like, it was just that icon of Jurassic park, just that logo. And Spielberg did have some name for me as a kid, but I'm like, Spielberg's making a dinosaur movie. I'm, I'm in, but I probably was a little bit confused as far as why the T-Rex was not 
Why were they not building him up? What What are these Raptors mm. characters? Yeah. Uh, which I, I wonder what you think about this. As a kid, I fucking loved it that the T Rex ends up being, <laughs> I guess, the hero of it when it comes down to this like boxing match between him and a few of the Raptor pack. It's almost like they they wanted to really villainize the Raptors. And the T-Rex, like, yeah, he's big and dumb and don't shine lights in his face. Uh, but you don't really see him killing he's anyone. got those ba- baby arms. Well, he does kill the lawyer. The lawyer, the cowardly lawyer on the toilet. It's true. It it, it does seem that, that the, um, it, anyone that does something that, that's less than appropriate basically gets it in this film, right? Like, you, you did a bad thing. You didn't go save the kids. So we're going to, you know, eat your, bite your Except head off or whatever. Sam Jackson. Was it? He, he's like, hey, I'm, I've got everything back mm. up and running. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go over there. <clears throat> you all don't worry about it. I just got to flick, uh, you know, hit, get to the breaker switch. I'll be good. And listen, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, of course, someone might have mentioned, hey, the Raptor, uh, you know, the local tavern they hang out at is right there <laughs> by the spot where you need to, to go flick some switches. No one says anything until they go out themselves. They're like, wait a minute now. This is this is Raptor territory. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Maybe you don't want to lose your, your only, like, apparently computer expert or engineer. Maybe you want to send a man with a gun with Sam Jackson. Maybe. And Sam Jackson's thinking, my black ass should have never been here. <laughs> that's... And that sounds honestly, I mean, I know we joke about these things, but like in the theater, like a like someone a black family that would be watching this film would be like, see, shouldn't have been there to begin with. That's what's gonna happen. Going, been there. going back to uh I think our last uh I don't know what episode it was for, the last time we recorded I know what you're about to say. I brought up the, that obsessed movie with the the varsity blues, I think it was her, right? The one that had the uh bikini uh cool whip thing that she Allie Larder? I think that was her that was still in Beyonce's woman in the movie. I had the IMDb up. Oh, yeah, I think so. But you were very similar. You're like, "Mm mm-hmm, that's what you get. Hit yourself up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shouldn't have messed with her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my wife's definitely not going to enjoy this episode. (laughs) Allie Larder and Raptors. (laughs) Same, same. (laughs) You you know what's funny? You do say this about, because I'll I'll bring it back. I'll be the adult here. I don't want to, but I will. Man, um, I'm going to figure out a way to get obsessed on this show, on this <laughs> podcast. I've never seen I mean, it. I think we could, I, because it's a shit film, I'm sure. But uh, um, Or maybe not. Maybe it's good. Probably not, though. Um, the T-Rex. The T-Rex, okay. damn it. The T-Rex. So, growing up, I've always thought that like the T-Rexes were like the lions, right? Like of the jungle. Like I always thought they were the big bad. They were the, you know, even like a... Godzilla's characterization you think it's kind of supposed to be modeled after a T-Rex just not with baby arms um that could really do something and so yeah you're even on upon rewatch I was like oh wait I thought like the Raptors were the concern in like one of the sequels the T-Rex is supposed to be like you know the I think there's a TV show I used to watch as a kid something about like the land not the land before time but the the it was some TV show where a family got transported back to like uh, you know this prehistoric age, and they were always concerned about um, a villainous T Rex. He was the baddie of the show. So I going into it, I always expected. All right, they're worried about what you know Baby Arms is going to do. And you're right, it was that's not really the concern. He's kind of the in some way this weird savior for them. They Which, flip it. Uh, do you find it odd? <clears throat> they do. Fl- it's funny. The ones that they deem to be, I guess, probably the most popular and 
the most marketable as far as selling toys. They're like, don't make them too scary and bad. Don't have this uh, mm. giant action figure ripping off lawyers' heads. Like, all right, you get the one with the literal potty humor. Have him eating while he's sitting on the toilet. That'll mask all the trauma because kids may giggle for a second. Then it's over. Um, and the second one, they do give him his King Kong moment. Uh, where it's like, you know, the dinosaurs come to, I believe, San Francisco. And, of course, the T-Rex just running around chaos. But, mm. clearly, the raptors, you know, and I think the Toronto raptors, the name of it is because of this fucking film. Because when they... You're kidding me. I'm pretty sure... It was up to, like, a, a vote, you know, a fan vote. But they got their franchise around the time of this film's release. And I'm pretty sure they're like the raptors, because this was a huge movie. I All can't right. remember how much well, I mean, they did. <clears throat> It would make sense because that expansion was 95. So this is released in 93. They probably had to, to you know, have the, the name, you know, picked out. Budget of 63 million, box office of over a billion. So, Jesus. yes. Um, but as you go on, uh, even in the newer versions with one of the Chris's, Pratt? Do I have that right? Pratt. Pratt. Yep. Not Pine, not Evans. Um, he has a raptor that is like, or maybe a pack of them that are trainable. And like, you know, like he's a, like a hmm. lion tamer or just a, I guess, you know, you said dog, dog trainer. Uh, and it's because the Raptors were cool. And so they're like, well, let's get it to where they're not scary. And they can <laughs> let's change their DNA. Yeah. Now. They can be, uh, you know, they can live among humans. It's like, you know, just like wolves became dogs. We'll have Raptors that will listen to the guy from Parks and Rec. <laughs> Obviously the alpha of all time. Makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any of those problems with this film and while it's easy to have a stupid sequel because like you said why would you make the same mistake again uh pretty much every following jurassic film is uh going back to an island or another scientist thinking ah that old short white guy with the the stick and the mosquito cane um we can do it right this time he made some crucial errors by having a man who thought you could communicate with dinosaurs with candy bars uh, holding his entire <laughs> empire in his sweaty palms. We'll do it right this time. But the the original still holds up for me. It's still an iconic movie. Well, and you can't, you know, I, I won't. I think what we we tend to do so often is we, uh, you know, when sequels come out, they usually have some horrible premise as to why this same mistake or the same decision would have to, to have to, uh, to come to fruition again. We're like, oh, what a, what a, stupid idea uh, altogether. We kind of throw the entire franchise away, right? That happens with horror films, especially. It's like, why are we still here with this, you know, the fifth time we're still dealing with Michael Myers? What a stupid film. Um, and so I don't want to look at it in that lens, especially because I haven't seen them. Uh, it, it is a, I said this last night, so this is a terrific, you know, piece of film and it's super, super enjoyable. And I wish that I had a more intimate nostalgia for it right like that's that's my one takeaway it's like i know this is a great film i would have loved this so much better had i been a kid who got to see it you know more often um it's very similar to you know i started a discussion about uh, the film akira um not too long ago and it was kind of my my thing of like man if i had seen this you know as a teen i saw um, it as a teenager and i don't think i've seen it since i don't think i've seen it out of my teen outlier well, that's because you're so straight laced. The person I was talking to said you should be under the influence. See, to you in high Akira? school. Mm-hmm. Your buddy. 
just you I know, just <laughs> be out with the company of some sort. If you're under the influence of being, <laughs> you're trying to make adult relationships of some sort. Don't be <laughs> pouring a glass of wine and watching Akira. What are we? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Let me ask you this on this film, man. I know we have to close up shop soon on, on this episode. Uh, but I, I will say, it, everyone's perfectly cast. Like, that mm-hmm. was one of my takeaways that I did have was, like, I love Sam Neill playing, you know, the, the, the doctor here. I love, obviously, I've talked about Jeff Goldblum. As you've said. Um, the kid, yes, the cuck <laughs> who just stands there and just allows everything to happen. Um Yep, you definitely threw me off my game. <laughs> I was going to go with Bob Peck. I don't even know who Bob Peck is, but was he's Bob the, Peck the, the hyper masculine hunter that. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose okay. is. I, I'm not a hunting guy. I don't really understand the thrill of uh, taking the life of another creature. Even though I'm, I'm not going to follow that train of thought, I also am not a vegetarian, so uh, mm. I am getting uh, my sustenance uh, from that very act. Uh, but, well, not that very act, because a lot of them just want to shoot it, and then it's the it, you, it. it's not the It's not the game of it right. that you're about. Right. Yeah. Um, I suppose this is the best possible version of a hunter, in that he has seemingly a deep respect, even for these creatures that uh, the Richard Attenborough character of uh, Hammond has played God to, to bring back to life. Mm. Uh, he's not someone positing like, well, we made these in a tube. I can shoot them all day long if I want. Like he seems to be <laughs> the only one concerned with these are actual, like real living, breathing, thinking uh, life forms uh, that need right. to be shown the proper respect. He's probably the one that as an adult, uh, I liked having that character more. I, I'm sure as a kid, I just found him kind of boring and uh, I just wanted to get back to, like with any of these movies, the fuck ups are the ones that move the plot along. So uh, having the Sam Jacksons of the world, the Bob Pecks, the common sense men saying, uh, yeah, we should probably stop having fun now as a kid. So you're not on team Hammond then as much this guy who just believes that because I have the capacity, I have the allowance to do these things. I know as a grown man, I'm like, I just hope that uh, Hammond is paying his people a decent living wage. Cause Jeff Bezos wants to go fucking live on Mars, but you have people <laughs> slaving away in his warehouses so people can get their toothbrushes within two hours delivered to them. I am not concerned with the plight of this rich dude seeing if he can bring dinosaurs back to life. Whereas as a kid, I was like, man, I hope a real rich person tries to do that. What a great accomplishment. (laughs) Now I'm thinking, what an incredible waste of time. Uh, Why don't you take care of your fellow man uh, right now as opposed to letting the the wage gap just get increasingly uh, further apart? That's also a really boring version of Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) That's your adult rewrite of Jurassic Park. Which I don't even have a response to because that's boring as <laughs> <laughs> riveting piece of work there. They were all melting. Falcom's okay for now. I gave him a shot of morphine. Get the children through Jurassic Park than a dinosaur expert. You know the first attraction I ever built when I came down from Scotland? The 
three circus, Petticoat Lane. Really quite wonderful. We had uh, a wee trapeze and a, a merigo, um, car carousel. <laughs> and a seesaw. They all move, motorised, of course, but uh, people would say they could see the fleas. Oh, I can see the fleas, Mummy, can't you see the fleas? Clown fleas and high wire fleas and fleas on parade. This place, I wanted to show them something that wasn't an illusion. Something that was real. Something that they could... See and touch. A name not devoid of merit. But to get things through this one, John, you have to feel it. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. Having Nedry was a mistake. That's obvious. We're over-dependent on automation. I can see that now. Now, the next time, everything's correctable. John. Creation is an act of sheer will. Next time, it'll be flawless. It's still the flea circus. It's all an illusion. When we have control again... You've never had control. That's the illusion. I was overwhelmed by the power of this place. But I made a mistake, too. I didn't have enough respect for that power, and it's out now. The only thing that matters now are the people we love. Alan and Lex and Tim. John, they're out there where people are dying. So... Good. But at no expense. <laughs>